Welcome to the Semicolon Club podcast. Funny name, serious podcast. In each episode, we focus on topics relevant to those living with colon cancer. It is our goal to inspire and encourage you during your fight and to provide hope throughout your journey. The show is not just for patients, but for survivors, caregivers, family, and friends as you navigate this journey together. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Today, I have invited Lisa Donahue to join us. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Lisa is accredited through the American Association of Christian Counselors as a Master Board Certified Life Coach. Her training includes hope coaching, stress management coaching, grief and loss coaching, as well as mental health coaching. She's also the author of the book Soul Rest. Lisa, Welcome, and we appreciate you being here. I've asked Lisa to share with us today some techniques for caring for the heart and mind as we roll into the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021, as this has been a most challenging year uh, for for most people and particularly for cancer patients. Lisa, can you just give us a brief introduction of yourself, how you got into life coaching, and then I'd love for you to just jump right in with sharing some of these techniques. I would be happy to. In 2012, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so I had my own story uh, that was to be written and continues to be written. That diagnosis, that time period of solitude in scripture, away from the busyness where the Lord had really stripped me of everything I knew to be normal, provided the opportunity for me to really lean into what he had planned for me. And that would be life coaching. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting role. It sort of fills the need between pastoral care and counseling. And so as a life coach, the Lord really has equipped me to be a strong voice for those who might feel stuck in whatever areas of life that is. Um, I began with basic life coaching, uh, the accreditation in that, and then I went from there into hope coaching, which ironically used to be called cancer coaching, but because the AACC recognizes that cancer is a trauma, they renamed it hope coaching so that it embodies lots of traumas in different areas of life that we don't anticipate, um, significant amount of loss. And so from there, just, it just naturally kept unfolding uh, organically to grief and loss as I learned how to grieve through the loss of a friend to suicide. It was my college roommate as an adult even. So I feel like I'm still learning and growing in my emotional health, my spiritual health, um, but also finding a safe place for other people to experience that as well. And that's where Hope Coaching comes in. And that's where a lot of the training that I've gotten has come from wise counselors, wise physicians, wise pastors, um, psychiatrists, and neuroscientists. And so some of the techniques that I've learned um, have not only benefited myself and my family, but they benefit all those that I've coached and even some of the writings that I've done and shared. When I teach or talk about um, care of the heart and mind. We're talking about such an awareness of what we're thinking about. 
And the interesting thing about Christmas, about the season of COVID, is that we've had to unplug from the normalcies of life. Um, and normalcy looks like a lot of noise, typically, whether it's radio or TV or news, um, uh, social media, instant feeds, to the noise of busyness. Um, we're just not a culture that's equipped to be still. And so when we come to this really traumatic stillness in our culture, it's almost like it's its own cancer in addition to cancer. We just have this heightened awareness of what we're thinking about. And honestly, I know for myself, not thinking about what I'm thinking about can feel uh, numbing. You you don't have to address the deeper feelings, the negativity, the fears that might be looming. But the good news is that um, all those fears can be addressed safely and exposed to the light in such a way that provides healing and hope and movement. Um, as we consider the heart and the mind, um, especially for those experiencing cancer, it really gives you a different picture of mortality and not that any of us escape this side of heaven, right? We all have the same mortality rate. Right. Um, it's just that cancer sure. patients have been gifted the opportunity to experience the reality a bit sooner than anticipated. So that's right. both hard and encouraging at the same time. Um, the Lord really gives us an opportunity to really push into, do I really believe what I believe? And so in that, we can assess the heart and the mind and go deeper and deeper and deeper. So as we consider tools to help us battle, maybe the sadness or the grief, all of which are good actually and healthy, tools to battle negativity or even worse, hopelessness, right? So um, yeah. especially during Christmas time, there's such a significant amount of hopelessness. Um, and yeah, and that's hard to say, but it's normal um, during this time of the year. I think more people than not experience extreme amounts of loneliness, of longing for more, mm -hmm. of wanting peace in their heart and longing to sing about it with the conviction that it's true. Um, it sounds good, but how do I get to that place of a settled contentment in my heart that may not feel like peace on earth? So um, right. there are some ways that we can experience a bit of heaven on earth while we address the thoughts in our minds, creating a healing place for our hearts. We know scripturally that a cheerful heart is good medicine and that yes. right and so and hope deferred makes the heart sick and so we know that finding a place for our hearts and minds to settle brings hope and so that's what i would just like to share some of that is actually pushing into our thinking and nobody wants to hear this but what we want to do is think about what we're thinking about. 
Yes. <laughs> think about what you're thinking about, right? right? Very rarely do we spend any time addressing the thoughts that are in our minds. But as we yes. think about what we're thinking about, we become so aware that our thoughts are typically quite negative. Mm -hmm. Right? That's true. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so true. I have great news in that area. So Dr. Daniel Amen, spelt like Amen, A-M-E-N, has a large catalog of resources regarding the brain and brain health and negativity. And he will show you through brain spectrum imaging and other research that everyone's thoughts go negative first. And so there's a bit of grace yeah. in that, in that we can address our thoughts with curiosity and go, well, that's a negative thought. Mm -hmm. And then just say to ourselves, well, that's normal. That's normal. But how right. do we get to the point where our thoughts may be hopeful instead of negative, right? And so the first yes. thing is just to know that we're not called to lean on our own understanding. That the thoughts yes. that we're ruminating on may actually be incorrect. And no, you know, that's a hard thing to say is you might be wrong. <laughs> you might be wrong. Yes. That's very hard I to say. <laughs> um, so the thoughts that we ruminate yes. on, the negative thoughts that we specifically, the negative ones might actually be wrong. And so it's worth taking a look at to really assess, do I know that to be true? Can I foresee the future? Did someone say that or did I make mm -hmm. that up? Am I searching for information mm -hmm. online that... I am unable to find your heart is always longing for right. an answer. Rarely will it be found online. So mm -hmm, that's true. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. <laughs> so we think about what we think about. Um, and one way to get those thoughts out of your head and find a safe place for them to land is to, um, get outside, um, walking, is probably one of the best therapies in the world. Going for a lovely walk helps your brain actually take a new path. It sees creation and it's reminded that there is a God. He is creative and he's provided us with the most unbelievable spring and fall that is full of grandeur and beauty. I don't know, uh, where people are listening from, but in Birmingham, we have had the most spectacular spring and the most unbelievable fall. It has just gone on and on. And so as we, yes. you know, as we walk outside, we can get outside of our mind and go, okay, that thought really wasn't realistic. And, and it can help us to reassess mm -hmm. our thinking so that we're not leaning on our own understanding. We're actually transforming our thoughts uh, we're using a little neuroplasticity to re to take out those negative mm -hmm. thoughts and replant them with some of God's faithfulness, remembering his goodness, seeing, uh, reasoning how great he really is. So just to get outside is a wonderful tool. Another tool to care for the heart and mind is to get a lot of sleep. And that sounds so it sounds easy. It almost sounds too easy, but that's really yeah. not very easy for anyone. It's not, it's not. It's not. 
Um, and we go, why is it so hard to sleep? Right? But we mm -hmm. go back to, it's yeah. usually because we're thinking about things. So it goes right yes. back to the mind yeah. again. And we know that the brain as an organ requires sleep so that we can think clearly. Right? And so when we're not yeah. sleeping well, everything changes. Um, we, we will more easily think negatively and with less hope. So one of the ways to fight yeah. for yourself during this holiday season is to address your sleeping patterns. Again, just look at your uh, rhythm of life with curiosity. When do I start winding down yes. at night? Uh, we know that technology actually is it's like giving your brain Cheetos at night. It's probably not the healthiest thing. Yes. It tastes great, but not right. good for you, right? Yes. So you feel the effects of that. Yes. So that's yes. technology at night. Uh, you're, when your brain um, is requiring you to transition into the rhythm of life the Lord gave us. He gave us a very beautiful rhythm of life that we have sort of overrun with productivity and increase we want to know more so we seek more um it's been that way since the fall yeah we always want to know more so there yeah. goes the addiction to technology um pictures you know information so right addressing sleep actually will change your life so being curious about your patterns and your rhythms um identifying things that you're thinking about. So now that you're curious and you know, it may not be safe to lean on your own understanding actually. Right. Um, right. So now it gives us the freedom yeah. to assess our thoughts at night. What are we thinking about as we go to sleep? Um, and then instead of going outside, we can take those thoughts outside of our mind by writing them down. Uh, so that's the next tool, yeah. which is journaling or writing. Um, I know that before cancer, people talked about journaling uh, frequently, and that just like, oh, not for me. I don't have time. I don't yeah. want to do it. Yes. I don't even like writing. Right. <laughs> Which is so funny. And right. now, ironically, I am the biggest fan. It has absolutely transformed my life. I've written so much in the last eight years. You wouldn't believe how many things are written in notebooks and journals. And I have a catalog full of journals yeah. of God's faithfulness. And, and the reason that's effective, I was like, people underestimate the power of writing. Do you know that scripturally the Lord wrote mm -hmm. the 10 commandments with his finger? If you look back in Deuteronomy, you right. can read about the Lord writing. It's an effective tool of communication simply because he said it is. I don't need to prove it. Nobody needs to yeah, prove it. It is just effective and it actually hijacks mm -hmm. your brain. So this is a beautiful picture of how yeah. science and faith come together. The Lord gives us the physical means to battle spiritual heart issues. And that looks like picking up a pen and writing. It's not, not using a keyboard. But physically picking up a pen right, and right. journaling <laughs> releases your brain. It decreases your stress. It addresses the thoughts that you have. 
it literally hijacks your brain from ruminating so that you can get a good night's sleep so that the next day those negative thoughts will be fewer and will actually be replaced yeah. with hopefulness. The last okay. tool I'm going to give is to drink lots of water. Um, again, these are the simplest gifts but they're so effective. Yes. So we may not have realized this, but even being 2% dehydrated allows your brain to not function properly. Really? really? So if you're on a, if your brain, which is by the way, an organ, it's not your spirit. It's not your soul. Your brain is an organ. If you think about your brain, like your heart, your lungs, your skin, any other organ of your body, if there's a medical necessity and something you can do for, say, good heart health, you want to do it. So what you want to do for good brain health yeah. is drink lots of water. Give your body every fighting tool it can have because drinking lots of water gives you the ability to think clearly. Thinking clearly and with hope gives you the ability to sleep well sleeping well it so it becomes this little snowball of hope right with these just these yes. simple tools of sleep water journaling so those are three tools i would say can fundamentally transform your hope um, and actually bring life to your body and physical healing while spiritually healing as well um, all these things will reduce stress, increase hope, and increase your joy. Um, and we know that we're called to have joy, not for circumstances, but joy in the circumstances. It takes yeah. away the power of the circumstance and puts it in the hope of what we have. Something you said there, you know, these steps were so simple, Lisa, and I can hear listeners now going, mm. well, that's not going to help. <laughs> And that's just, that's just so simple. I would challenge those of you listening and I'm challenging myself to do this as well, because you have hit on three places that I personally, you know, have, have struggles. Um, you know, I stay up late at night. I get up early in the morning because at night that's my time to watch that TV program or let me just sit here and mindlessly surf the internet and, you know, read information, um, uh, entertain myself. Everybody's going to bed. Now, now's my time to do this. Um, and even the drinking of water, the fact that you said you, you can be just 2% dehydrated. I wonder how many people, if we really looked at that percentage, what's the percentage of people who are walking around that, that would fall in that category? I imagine it's quite high. Um, and so I would, I would challenge our listeners as I am myself, you know what? Just try these steps. Just try them. You might be saying, ah, oh, it's too simplistic. It's not going to help. Try them for a week. Try them for two weeks. Um, what, what is the frame of time? Is it is it 21 days, I think, that you have to do something it to does. create a habit? Yes. Have I got the right That's, number there? You're exactly right. And I think you touched on a good point, too, in that, you know, we tend to give ourselves space when we feel we've accomplished everything for everyone else. And so for people who have children, grandchildren, yes. jobs, um, we'll actually care for ourselves last. Yes. 
scripturally, we're saying, God, your creation isn't worthy of good care. I mean, it's just an absolute slap in the mm-hmm. face when the Lord is calling us to yes. worship the Lord with our body. And sometimes that means setting really That's strong right. boundaries for ourselves so that we learn how to care for ourselves. Until then, we really aren't able to care for others because we're not thinking clearly. We're functioning without any real steam. We're just really forging through. So for us to be in the world and of the world, taking on cancer, taking on COVID, um, the Lord equips us. He's saying, I've given you these simple tools. Take them. Trust me. Breathe them in and establish a rhythm that's going to bring you life. Lisa, I can't thank you enough for sharing um, sharing these tools with us today. Um, are there any last words that you would like to share um, with our audience? And you know, this audience reaches cancer patients, but but as I'm sitting here, I, I feel like today's today's message is really going to be just as helpful, if not more to the caregivers, something you just said a moment ago about we take care of everyone else first. And for those of you out there who are the caregiver, maybe to a spouse or a parent or um, whoever it may be in your life that you're, you're that care, that cancer caregiver. um, There's not a lot of time for you at the end of the day when, when you have tended to everything that, that those family members need. And I feel like this is going to be very, um, helpful to that to that population as well Lisa but any anything in closing like to yes closing. to the caregivers I just want to tell you that I'm so very sorry I know this is so very hard and you are very unseen um, so I do pray that you feel the Lord's presence that everything you do is significant to him and as we serve and love one another uh, you are seen and loved and held Everything that I've said is not just true for cancer patients. It's true for all of us. I kind of think of life as one large support group. We all need help. And so as caregivers, as patients, as friends, as spouses, as parents, as children, one of the strongest things you can say this holiday season is I need help and and let let the blessings flow. It's a very hard thing to say in America. I need help. Um, we're taught to be strong. So mm-hmm. know that that is a place of strength, actually. And the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to say no. Uh, we're filled with obligations and invitations. Yes. But not every invitation is an obligation. And so being able to say no and set right. your boundaries. Um, so that you can care for yourself and then care for us. Well, as we close today, um, Lisa, for our listeners who maybe are thinking that they need a little more, a little more help, maybe they'd like to look at individual counseling or maybe resources for journaling. Can you share um, what you have available? You can reach me uh, via email at lisa at stonewashedllc.com. And that'll, and actually stonewashedllc.com will take you to my website where you can learn a little bit more about hope coaching, life coaching, what exactly that entails. 
Um, you'll see that I offer workshops and retreats, and I've also written a book. We actually will have Lisa back with us uh, two weeks from today uh, for part two, where she is going to share with us about a fresh start for 2021. So Thank we you, look Jackie. forward to that, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Semi Colon Club podcast. See you next time. Thank you.